Welcome to Retro Groove. I'm Adam C. And I'm Liam D. And this is a podcast where we talk about music that stands the test of time, the albums and artists that have shaped and reshaped the sonic landscape, as well as covering new music from those artists. And that last bit there, new music from these established artists, is what we're going to be digging into today. It's our first uh, episode of 2022 and we are going to look forward to the future uh, in contrast to the last episode where we really dug into the past. Uh, We're Mm going to look forward, and I think it's important to do that because we've had a rough couple of years. And so looking forward with some positivity, I think will um, help a little bit with our morale here and, uh, you know, just get excited about some new music that's coming out um but before we get there liam what's up bud uh, i'm doing pretty good um holidays are behind us for better or for worse and uh it was really fun to do that uh you know the best albums retrospective that yeah. was really cool and uh and now i'm kind of excited to see what this year holds it's for sure weird all over again i don't know mm-hmm. how things are with you but like all of a sudden work stuff is getting canceled again and tours are up in the air and schedules and everybody's kind of situation like they they delayed my return to work quote unquote uh, oh, plans yeah. mm-hmm. uh indefinitely we're supposed to find out more in a week or two but it's yeah. still weird, man. So, I, I, like, you, just when you think that we're getting into a rhythm again, it, you know, the I know that that seems to coming. have been exactly that's been the pattern. Yeah, we haven't been on any kind of return to work plan since before Delta hit. And then mm. once Delta hit, they were like, "Okay, never mind," and it never came back. So, <laughs> you know, the the last I heard is they're anticipating, you know, at least the rest of this year still yeah, being a hundred percent remote. But uh, you know, f- for the most part, it's uh, it's good. You know, yeah, not Could, so bad I, <laughs> to be to be inside sometimes as long as you can get outside. Yeah, and nothing's really changed here in Texas other than, you know, the number of cases has gone up, but they're not going to shut anything down here. They no. And no. I haven't really noticed any increase in, you know, mask wearing or anything like that. So I'm like, oh, right. God, you know, I'm trying to be smart and avoid um, public gatherings. And I still wear my mask, even though I'm like fully vaccinated and boosted. And I'm just like... Yeah, I can't, I can't afford, I mean, even though, you know, what, whatever, if I get it, it'd probably be a mild case, whatever, but like, I still can't afford to be out of commission for a few days with flu-like symptoms. It's like, no, I got, (laughs) I got too much to do. (laughs) But you guys, speaking of public gatherings, like, it looks like 
everything is full steam ahead with South by Southwest, which is in yeah. less than two months. That um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, South by is interesting because it's not just one venue. Of course, it's all over it. Yeah. So there, there might just be a modified version um, right. of that. So we'll we'll see what happens. Two months is, you know, it seems like it's right around the corner, but this variant seems to like hit hard and quick and then leave just as quickly as it came if other parts of the world yeah. are any indication. So um, hopefully we'll be well into a decline by then. Um, I yeah. was bummed that the Spoon New Year's Eve can- uh, show got canceled. That yeah. would have been really cool. And uh, Sweet Spirit as well. I've never seen Sweet Spirit. Uh, that would yeah. have been awesome. But yeah, I mean, it probably was the right call uh, or definitely was the right call, but it's still a bummer. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting because they they it seems like they're moving forward with the the luck reunion stuff, which is like the thing that Willie Nelson does at his uh, like hill country spot each year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you're talking about a national treasure that we really need to protect, it's oh probably God. Willie Willie How Nelson. How old is he now? My goodness, <laughs> so, Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan. Somebody uh, put those guys in a bubble, and so I'm like, ah, do we need? No to, kidding. Do we need to do that thing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, I I was convinced that Betty White was going to make it to a hundred. So, yeah, well, so all bets magazine. Are, all bets are off at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. um, well, so there's been obviously, you know, a lot of news um, mm-hmm. surrounding. You know, we've got we've got the this new variant that's causing a ruckus again. Uh, yeah. We've got tour announcements still. You know all over my feed i I see Mm -hmm. like a new tour being announced so um what do you think for 2022 in well in terms of like the near like the next two or three months here like what what are you i guess what are you hoping to see happen well i think what you're gonna see i think a lot of things are going to be full steam ahead on the release schedule i think a lot of artists are hoping to get their music out in the next couple months and it's part of the reason why i think it's fun to do this this kind of topic today um Mm -hmm. because i think this year over maybe some other years you know in in 2021 artists had taken the year prior to that to kind of get comfortable and figure out and write and cocoon a little bit. And so in 2021, artists were able to get together, figure people figured out ways to do things safely or to, to write and record independently and share files and stuff. And yeah, I think, I think, um, there's a lot of stuff that's already kind of seeping out or getting announced. And I think that it's the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to hear from a lot of other artists that maybe we haven't heard from in a little while. Um, and I, I think also you have basically 
every major artist that has wanted to tour for the past two or three years. I mean, right. usually that stuff is spaced out. So Coldplay hits the road one year and then the Stones are out, you know, a couple months later or something. And now it's just every artist that couldn't yeah, tour it's for crazy. the past two That's years what I'm is going to want to go out there. It's um, nuts. I'm seeing so many tour announcements right now. Yeah. And, um, and uh, some of them are things that were rescheduled from yep. like last year and you know late 2020 yeah because all yeah, of that so you, stuff got canceled yeah um, so you got all those new announcements plus um all the rescheduled stuff to your point it, it, there's gonna be a lot of tour congestion um and you know we'll see if the economy can can handle it i mean i i I am assuming yeah. that the hunger is there to go out and see shows. There's definitely shows oh, yeah. getting announced that I want to see. I don't. Do you have any holdover tickets uh, from pre-pandemic for stuff that got rescheduled? I was even going to mention un- they got refunded, so no. Oh, okay. But I am still salty about missing out on the Black Keys and Gary Clark Jr. Oh, That's the man. one. Yeah, me, me, and my 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 buddy Max. Um, who's like one of my main <clears throat> concert going partners. Um, we were going to go see, we had tickets, you know, they were expensive mm-hmm. tickets too. Um, because I don't like large venue shows typically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like a more intimate setting. I like going to a club show or, you know, a small theater. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously this is black keys. They're at a big amphitheater. And so, you know, we sprung for closer seats and it was, you know, I think it was like $150 a ticket. So not astronomical, but way more than I've ever paid for a concert ticket, mm-hmm. probably three times as much as I've ever paid for a concert ticket. So, you know, on the one hand, yeah, it was nice to get that $150 back, but damn, I was, I was pretty bummed. <laughs> I was, I was ready yeah. to go wearing three yeah. masks and just deal with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And this was 2020 when we didn't have a um, vaccine yet. Yeah. So the Black Keys are an interesting one. You know, we haven't heard anything from them, not to jump too far, but just as like a teaser for our B-side. You know, like yeah. they're they're a band that I would be shocked if we don't get tour dates, if not some new music from them this year. Just because like, obviously we got delta cream last year but it was a covers album you know it was it was carefully crafted and made their own but it was a covers album um and they are one of the bands and again this is a little more behind the scenes but it's public knowledge um a couple huge bands made massive shifts in management uh, mm. over the course of the pandemic, and they left their manager, whom they'd been with for forever, as did the Strokes and Red Hot Chili Peppers. A bunch of bands did this, um, sh- shifted management. Um, and you think that when a band takes a drastic step like shifting to a new manager from someone that has been tried and tested for you know, decades at yeah. that point. Um, it means that they're looking to something. There's there's a there's a there's a, a direction. There's mm-hmm. something yeah. there's a goal there's a goal to it. You don't do um, that arbitrarily. Yeah. So I'm thinking unless there's like really some dirt behind the scenes, which who knows, but like I, I'm assuming that this just means that they have a vision for where they want to head to next. And if that's the case, I'd be shocked if we don't hear something from them yeah. soonish. Um so yeah, that's I I feel like there's a lot to look forward to this year. 
Um, I do want to touch on a couple things uh, going back to our conversation from the last episode where we uh, did albums of the year. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it kind of impacted what I bought and listened to this past, uh, you know, week or two. Oh yeah. Um, so while I was doing a little bit of like the recap of albums that came out this year and kind of just making sure that I had not forgotten anything as I was kind of picking my choice for the album of the year mm-hmm. um an album that kept coming up on my radar that i had missed out on entirely was this band turnstile um they put out an album it's their fourth full-length album they're like a hardcore band um but it's like funk and synth driven it like i wow. i was the, these guys were not on my radar i listened to them and i'm like I think Adam would really dig this. Like, <laughs> you should definitely check this thing out. Um, but they kept showing up on everybody's like top twenty, top twenty-five of the year in like the four or five spot on like a bunch of these lists. And so I'm like, who is oh, this, for this hardcore past year? band? Yeah, and I'm like, who? How is this hardcore band showing up? On oh, that's all right. Of these yeah. lists. I yeah. had never and heard of them, and I, I haven't listened yeah. to it yet. But um, it's, you're gonna it's dig kind it. of been I think you're gonna dig it on my waiting list. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think you're gonna dig it. Um, and so listening to that, uh, I'm guessing you've had this happen before, where like you, you go down you, the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Where you you like get a taste in your mouth and then or in your ears i guess and you're like you know what this reminds me of and then so i went and i listened to glass jaw and yep. then nice. because i was listening to glass jaw i was like oh i want to listen to some like old emo stuff and so i listened to mineral um and then I'm not familiar with you mineral. had been you had been waxing you picked loveless and you'd talked yeah. about my bloody valentine so many times and i'm like you know what i've never given this album a chance. I don't know this band very well. And so I started listening to that. Um, and it's awesome. I It's crazy. Uh, I get like, is it, I get like a Seeger Rose kind of thing in the sense of like, there is this bigness to the sound and the vocals, obviously it's a different vocal style, yeah. but are the vocals supposed to be part of the scenery and not so pronounced? Is that like a thing with their music or cause I, maybe it was the mix I was listening to, but the, the vocals were very like pulled back and it was yeah. all sort of, it was all sort of on the level together and the music was kind of coming in and out. Uh, and it was really cool. And it was a great, it was a, like a, I hadn't really heard much like it before, but it had that kind of bigness that Seeger Rose will sometimes give me. And I think part of that's because I don't know what that band is saying. And so right. like, <laughs> as I wasn't, I was like driving and listening to the, my bloody Valentine album. So I couldn't look at the lyrics or whatever. And so I was more just letting the sounds weight wash over me instead. Right. And like yeah. having that just visceral, uh, yep. that's what impact. it is. You got yeah. it. It was really cool. It was really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, so I'm digging that for sure. Um, and because of the turnstile thing, I kind of went back to one of my favorite like post-hardcore bands uh, from back in the day who I think have been like on a great trajectory for the past like, I don't know, like seven or eight years, um, which mm-hmm. is thrice. So oh. I... I was a massive Thrice fan 
when Artists in the Ambulance came out, which is probably like 2003, and yeah. then like fell off a bit. He actually like kind of ended the band for a minute and he was like a deacon and worked for like a ministry and went off oh, and he wow. did like worship music and stuff. Um, but then they came back in 2012, 2013. Um, and then I missed the last two albums, uh, just hadn't spent any time with them, hadn't picked mm-hmm. them up. And so I grabbed those as I was like going down this like post hardcore sort of rabbit hole. And, uh, and they're great. They're great. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I want to mention is an album that I haven't spent much time with, and I feel bad that I never really gave it a shake, but also I didn't see it on a bunch of lists, and maybe I wasn't looking at the right lists, but that was Casey Musgraves' album, Starcross, yeah. that came out this year, which I heard like three or four songs from it, and I thought that they were gorgeous, and I was like, I need to spend time with this album, and admittedly never did. And I, like she... I. I don't, why wasn't there the buzz on this? Maybe, maybe there was, and I just wasn't reading the right posts or blogs or whatever. There was some buzz when it came out, but uh, I listened to it a couple of times and I, Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was going to really connect with it. But once I listened to it, I I don't want to say I was disappointed necessarily, but it didn't grab me the way that I thought it was going to. And yeah. there's no, there's nothing that I could really even point to to say that it missed a mark anywhere. It's a great album, but it for me it was just a little bit forgettable, I guess. Like it n- nothing really stood out and begged for my attention or got like into my soul, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you want an an amazing album to do. So it's a great album, but you know, I, it doesn't really surprise me that it didn't seem to be on any best album of the year lists. It's it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's definitely worth the list and it's worth a purchase as well. But it's not like amazing to me. Yeah, it's just so interesting that like Golden Hour was such a moment, and yeah. then and then for this one to not have that like carry that momentum to the extent that I thought it would. Um, and as terrible as this is going to sound, like this is her divorce album, right? Yeah. And usually a lot of those, I mean, there's there's a lot of raw emotions there. I, I think uh, of Ben Gibbard after the Zoe Deschanel breakup where they went from Codes and Keys, which is probably for me the weakest Death Cab album of their catalog, um, to a, a gutting uh, solo album that he put out yeah. and then uh, Kintsugi which was like this amazing return to form for Death Cab and I'm like man, like the guy had to bleed and have his life turned yeah. upside down to have this music come out of him and that's a terrible thing but at the same time like I, it's gorgeous art like yeah. I, it's, it's yeah. fantastic so, so I, the- I'm interested to see what's next but I, I feel like I didn't give the Casey album a fair shake this year and so uh so i feel it. I, I bought it i want to spend some time with it i also like i went to buy the my bloody valentine um loveless cd like i it was there i you know i had the casey album and the thrice album in my hand and and then i, I pulled the my bloody valentine cd off mm-hmm. the shelf and it was 30 bucks and i'm really? like really 
it's it's a two CD set, so I get that. But I like I've gotten used to, and I know that back in the day we would pay like eighteen, nineteen dollars for a CD. I've gotten used to like that twelve dollar mark. Yeah, you know, like it's not really a buyer's uh, or a seller's market rather for for CDs these days. And so when I pulled that off the shelf, I was like. That's a little steep for something that I'm not. I'm not like, aware. Is why would it be two it CDs? Is there is it some kind of like special edition that I'm not aware of? That's crazy. I've got to look it up now and see what I was looking at. But yeah, it had like the Domino thing on it. I mean, granted, I I paid like probably sixty five or seventy dollars for an imported, you know, analog master version of the most recent pressing. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, equivalent, maybe $30 isn't too crazy, but that that would mean it was in short supply or something. Maybe it was an import. Could have been like, an import. Uh, it's the only thing I can think of is it's an import. I'm just not aware of a double well, CD version of it. It's a It was a double-disc version that contains a second previously unreleased version of the album, which has been mastered from the original analog tapes. Oh, weird. Yeah, I have yeah, no idea that that existed. So that makes a little bit more sense. Still a heavy yeah. price tag for a CD. Yeah. <laughs> Even uh, for something a CD, like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless it's something, yeah, you know, so older and more rare. One. But right. man, the last time I saw a yeah. CD priced at $30, it was like it was like an old Jawbreaker album that was mm-hmm. like hard to find. Um, yeah. or something like Traveling Wilburys, where it's like there's just not a whole lot of it around. Um, and that yeah. was 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, it's it for me, it's an album experience type of thing. So I strongly prefer it on vinyl. But sure. um, you know, it's it's not a bad album to listen to in the car. You absolutely can. Um, yeah. But. It for me, it's one of those experiences where I want to be like you know in a dark room with my eyes closed and go through the whole thing front to back. I um, dig that, but yeah, I'm I'm so happy that you had that experience with it that you kind of, you know, you kind of yeah. got it. Um, there were so many cassette tapes at this store too. It's been a little while since I went to really? one that's a little further from me, and it was all there were so many new cassettes. It was like every new release. Uh, that was like buzzy from the past five or six months had See, a cassette counter counterpart. And I'm like, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I, me either, yeah. dude. Like it's so weird. Yeah. Obviously I've got some strong nostalgic feelings about yeah, sure. the cassette tape as a yeah, format, cool. yeah. but for the most part, it's just due to the fact that it was really the, f- it was, I just hit my microphone. It was really the first accessible home format where you could like right. record your own music, make your yeah. own mixtape, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really where the big appeal was with cassette tapes, certainly not the fidelity no. because or the that, convenience. Right. So because even with vinyl, you can still see where the gap mm-hmm. is in the grooves and skip a yeah. song if you want to, or go to a specific song if you want to fairly yeah, you easily scan a cassette tape. You cannot do that with a cassette no. tape. Although I did at one point have a boom box that detected where the gap was in between songs what? at one point. And it, it only worked on albums that actually had a strong gap 
in between songs. It would detect wow. when there was no like sound coming through and uh-huh. then stop fast forwarding so you could like skip a song and it would play it with 98% accuracy wow. <laughs> at the beginning of the next song. So I do remember that being a thing, but you're right. It is an inconvenient format and not a very high fidelity format. So that baffles mm-hmm. me as well. Who is buying yeah. new albums on cassette in 2022? That makes no sense to me. And yeah, if that's your I, thing, more power to you. Have fun with your cassette tapes. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. I did have a, a thing, and this I, I want to say this in the least creepy sounding way as possible. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. But like, so I bought my stuff. I walked out, and I was actually, I went down the block to like a new retro game store that had been opening up. And nice. I was like, I bought, I was like, check them both out. Um, and as I left, I crossed the street uh, and I was like looking around, and there were these like, Three young women in like peacoats or whatever, like mid twenties, probably whatever, and they looked like they were probably going out to have lunch or maybe some cocktails for dinner or something mm-hmm. like that. And and I was like, oh, okay. I wonder. There's not like a bar here. All the bars are like in the direction that I'm going. And I kind of w- walked away and I like glanced back because I'm like, where are they going? They're not. <laughs> and I watched and they walked into the record store. Oh. And I'm like. Uh, uh, I wonder. Like my the my curiosity got the best of me, and uh-huh. then I was like, "No, no, I can't, I can't go back in there just to see what these women are actually buying at this record <laughs> store." But I'm so used to like being surrounded by like dudes that look like me, or like right. fifty to sixty year old people digging for Beatles uh, imports and stuff, and like. To see, like, when I first walked in there, there were, like, three younger kids in there. And then, like I said, when I was leaving, there were these three, like, 20-something-year-old women going in. Like, it's very cool to see that sort of foot traffic in a record store. For sure. That's kind of exciting. My wallet doesn't like it because it's not like it was 10-plus years ago. You know, albums that you used to be able to get for $3 in the bargain bin – now they're twenty dollars. They got the value. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But yeah, and I think I'm. I think it's great. I, I there's no gatekeeping here. I think yeah. I mentioned it on a recent episode where I was digging through the you know classic rock section somewhere. I think it was actually at one of my locals, and there was a kid probably you know not that much younger than my 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 daughter. This kid must have been eight, nine years old looking at, you know, the who and ZZ top. Like they were looking at real, like classic rock, like quality stuff. And I was like, okay, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) I love it. I wish my daughter would get get into (laughs) it. I can't get my daughter into that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's good to see, you know what I mean? It mean it's gonna yeah. it means that the appreciation is gonna perpetuate. Um otherwise stuff just dies. But yeah. um uh anyway, uh, I myself have been listening to yeah. have been listening to um not a whole lot, as not as much as I would like, unfortunately. I've been incredibly busy. Um, but I went on another Kimbra kick. Uh, Kimbra being nice. the the New Zealander, New Zealander is that what they call themselves? Mm-hmm. She's a Kiwi. I think so. 
um, yeah. New Zealand uh, I, I don't pop know. artist. And I think she's most widely known, unfortunately, for being featured on Gautier's song mm-hmm. on somebody yeah. that I used to know. You used to know. Yeah. Um, but her, her albums are incredible. And um, I went back and listened to her album Vows, and we had a little you know, back and forth, me and Dan <laughs> in the discord. And, uh, man, every time I go back and start listening to her albums, I, I listen to like all three all the way through. And then I made the mistake of looking at the prices. Oh of, boy. <laughs> yeah. I went on discord and I was like, Oh, I wonder if I can grab a copy of vows. Yeah, there were a couple for sale, both in the mid 200s, Ooh. and got immediately disheartened. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they get repressed at some point, and I'm not sure why that hasn't happened. There's any number of reasons why, but right. oh my god, like I love her albums, but am I going to pay two hundred thirty five dollars plus, mm-hmm. and then po- plus possibly you know shipping from the other side of the world? damn yeah um so that was i always i always love listening to kimbra it's it's always really really um engaging for me um and then i was kind of scrolling through my instagram feed and um an an ad went by and it, it actually caught my my attention and it was this artist kendra morris and i had i hadn't really heard of her before and it, I think it popped up in my feed because she's on uh, Karma Chief, uh, which is the um, it's a subsidiary of Coal Mine Records, and I follow a lot of their mm-hmm. bands. Um, one of their uh, big, you know, claims to fame is putting out the a uh, couple of singles for the Black Pumas before they went with uh, i think ato yeah um Mm -hmm. and then i got really into ghost funk orchestra which is uh, another big coal mine uh karma chief artist so i think that's why she was in my feed but um she is an r&b soul artist uh from new york city and uh she's been putting out records for a while actually um for about 10 years now she's been putting out music and and Funnily enough, when I was looking through, you know, the top songs on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, she's featured on songs by Zarface and MF Doom. And um, I think there's a collaboration there with Ghostface Killa, who I'll talk about in a second, and we'll talk about on the B-side as well. Mm -hmm. So um, she's got a new album coming out next month, which I'll, you know, mention. But... Um, that got me on a ghost face killer kick. Nice. And I went back and listened to Supreme clientele, which I hadn't listened to in mm, five or six years, I think. Okay. And I forgot how amazing that album is. (laughs) And that was before I even knew that it looks like we're getting Supreme clientele two this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that album. If you haven't listened to it, or if you're you know any level of Wu Tang fan, 
Please yeah. listen to Supreme Clientele. Oh my God, what an album. Yeah. He's just got, uh, there's no flow like his. Like he's just got, he's such a unique and fantastic MC. Absolutely. And yeah. um, one, one of my favorites to listen to um, when the kids are not in the car. Yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's really about it for me. Cool. Um, what do you want? Do you want to play? We have a game to play. Yeah, let's try. And it. I, I feel like I want to get into that before we go into yeah. any news or or the okay. day in history. Have a little bit of fun. So, um, in doing my research for uh, some of the artists we're going to be talking about today, uh, this idea popped into my head for a game, and mm-hmm. um, I'm calling the game "What's in a Name." Mm-hmm. So the idea is we've we've both picked four artists, yeah. and we're going to give the other person, the birth name of right. said artist. You're giving up the governments. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And we have to guess who the artist is. Okay. Um, a, a correct guess without any hints is, is 25 points. So there's a, mm-hmm. a possible 100 points that you can earn. Right. If you, can, if you don't know who it is, there's a first hint, which is the genre of the artist. Mm-hmm. But that knocks it down to only 20 points. Second hint is an artist that they're closely associated with. Right. Knocks it down to 15 points. And then a third hint is a name of one of their albums, Mm. because that probably should get you there. But that's only worth 10 (laughs) points. Yeah. Um, So we'll see how it goes. Maybe it's fun. Maybe it'll become a regular feature. Who knows? But I thought it would be fun. Okay, yep. so... Um, do you want to trade these back and forth, or do you want to, like, give me your list and, and I give you mine? What do you think? Yeah, let's go back and forth. That's always fun. Okay. That always All seems right. to work well. Um, you want to kick it off? Yeah, let's let's go. And, and we're just starting this off, so these, these might be too easy, but who knows? Okay, so the first name that I have for you is okay. David Robert Jones. David Robert Jones as well. So Davy Jones was in the monkeys. Correct. Uh, is that Davy Jones from the monkeys? No, because the reason okay. why they had to change their name is due it's to Davy Jones. Davey Jones the so they had okay. to pick a stage name because Davy Jones already was Davy Jones. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so think around that era though, same kind of time frame. Yeah. Man, I feel like this is going to be an obvious one, too. Uh, I mean, I guess I don't know if Bowie is his real last name. I'm trying to think of other Daves or Davids. Is that your uh, guess? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bowie, I guess. It is. It's David Bowie. Okay, Okay. cool. Yeah, I feel like I should know that one. I. I yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> no, that's good, it. you know. Using right context clues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Go ahead. Let's see. Who do I? And the listeners can't. I hit my mic again. The listeners can't see us, but we can see each other, so we know we're not cheating and just googling yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's go with Peter Hernandez. Peter Hernandez. Oh, why does that sound so familiar? I don't know. So he's a like a current artist. I feel like that shouldn't take away from your points. He's like a uh, a recent artist. This isn't like a classic 
classic. I kind of want to. I can't remember his name though. Is it the dude with the dark hair from Fallout Boy, Pete no, Wentz? No, no, no. That's Pete Wentz. No. Okay. Uh, um, well, that was a bum guess. Let give me a genre. That's okay. Uh, genre. I mean, it's it's pop, but it's really like funk soul pop. Like you wouldn't call him an R and B singer, really. He's more of a funk. Bruno soul. Mars. Yeah, there you I go. got it. You got it. Nice. nice. <laughs> that was a complete. Okay, so your hint really got me there. Wow. Okay. Sweet. So okay. So I got twenty points. You got the twenty-five. Yep. I got twenty. Yeah, I'm keeping tally. Okay. <clears throat> All right. My next name for you here. Mm-hmm. Calvin Cordozer Brodus Jr. I know this one. Calvin Cordozer Brodus Jr. It's a rapper. Rapper. I. Th- think i think it's method man is it method man it is not method man all right um well i I mean i'm not gonna ask the genre because i i it's it's a rapper yeah yeah he's a rapper i guess we'll do I guess I if you know. if you need to ask another lifeline or whatever, we'll just dock five points instead of taking yeah. you down to the fifteen. Yeah, well, we're figuring think, this out as we go along. Yeah, do we want to like if I make another guess, it's five points off regardless. Sure. I think. Yeah. Or do you want me to give it you one of the other be. hints other than the genre? Because you got the genre. Yeah, it. I kind of want to just say Buster Rhymes, but like, I feel like it's. It's in that pantheon. Um, is it Busta Rhymes? It's not Busta Rhymes. All right. All right. Give me, give me, give me. Uh, all right. So I'm down to 15 points. Uh, give me, give me the name of an album or, oh, no, name give me an an album. Ar- or, or an artist they're closely associated with. That's the next one, right? Yeah. Um, Which one do you want to do? Let me give you uh, an album, mm-hmm. but I can't use like the obvious one. <laughs> oh wait is it snoop dog yes it is snoop yeah, okay, Dogg. Cool. <laughs> uh, awesome i was like calvin 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 i know he's a rapper it's snoop dog <laughs> so, so i don't know how you want to work the point well that was yeah let's say 15 i did two, two guests and then i hit it so maybe we do 15 yeah let's yeah, yeah. okay Let's right. dock five points for each guess. Each erroneous um, guess, yeah. Right. Yeah. Whether or not you get a hint. So you can right. take the hint if you want. Right. Okay, sweet. <laughs> All right. All right, my next one. Hold on, let me uh, delete my other one here. I can't believe I guessed Bruno Mars. That's good. Uh, I think it's because you've been talking about Soul Sonic so much recently. Yeah. That, that's, that's where my mind where I, went. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I was just, like, digging around with pop stuff, too, because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, what's, some, what's a fun current pop artist? And I've been listening to a lot of Dua Lipa, and I'm like, what's Dua Lipa's real name? Her real name's Dua Lipa. It's crazy. Really? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what. I didn't, like, <laughs> do, do any deeper digging, but I was like, what? Really? I would not have okay. guessed that in a million yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, right. Um 
Frank Wright the third. Frank Wright. Oh, I feel like I should know this, and that sounds familiar. Frank Wright. Frank Wright the third. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like Frankie's. Frankie. No. No, you won't get it there. <sighs> nope. I'm not. Nothing's... It's just a full on stage name. Dang it. Okay. I guess give me okay, a genre. genre? Yeah, okay. I've, I've got. Well, should I just throw no, a guess out genre. there? Yeah, give me a genre. Uh, yeah, I'll give you genre. Um, it's it's it. You'd call it pop punk at this point. When it first came out, pop punk wasn't really a thing. It was kind of happening, and so like it, it, you, they would consider themselves punk. We look at it and say it's pop punk. But so okay, punk so, band or, or pop punk. So I'm thinking if the way that you phrased that genre mm-hmm. gave a lot more away than just giving me yeah. a genre. So sure, I'm thinking. Yeah a pop punk band from the nineties. So I'm trying to think of pop mm-hmm. punk artists with right. a name as what would be an obvious stage name. And the only thing right. coming to my mind is Trey cool from That's, green day. You got it. I got Trey it. Cool. Right. That's it. Nice See, the, one. <laughs> the problem is your hints are too good. Yeah, You're but getting- it's fun. <laughs> it's a game. It's fun. Sweet. <clears throat> okay. So that's 20 points, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we're tied up actually right now. Oh, sweet. Okay. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. Andre Romel Young. All right. So Andre 3000 is the obvious choice, but there are a few other Dre's. I don't know Dr. Dre's name. Andre Romel Young. I'm going to go with Andre 3000. It is not Andre 3000. Ah, okay. <laughs> so uh, you can probably just automatically pick <laughs> the Dr. other Dre. Dre. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it's Dr. Dre. It was I one Dre or the other. <laughs> yeah. I thought it'd be obvious because I just did Snoop on the last one, but we had a gap yeah. there. So Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sweet. All right. Uh, I'll see where I'm right. going to go. Because I feel like I don't want to go in one genre. I kind of want to bounce around a little bit. Um, I guess that's also giving you a hint. Um, how I'm about, not paying close enough attention for that to be a good <laughs> hint. <laughs> how about Alicia Moore? Alicia Keys? Alicia. Alicia Moore. No, it's not Alicia Keys. Oh, okay. Alicia Moore. I guess it's give me the genre A L E C I A. She's a pop singer. Pop, pop singer. singer. Okay, mm-hmm. pop singers with that weird spelling makes me just think that it's a relatively young artist, and I'm trying to think of young pop artists. Well, and she's like yeah. So the, the Alicia isn't in the name or anything like that. It's just right. like a straight up stage name. Alicia. I don't I'm trying to think of recent like I don't know. Uh Doja Cat. Just no. to, just stab in no, the dark. Not Doja Cat. 
Okay. All right. Any so, artists that they might be associated with? Yeah. So I feel like this will give it away a little bit, but again, it's a game, so whatever. This is fun. Yeah, and the points um, are docked. So. So I'm gonna say, associated artist uh, artists would be uh, Lil Kim, Christina Aguilera. Oh. Ooh. Um, Maya. Yeah, they all kind of had, there was like a song that happened that they were all doing stuff together on. Oh, there were so many of those, though. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was, it was Christina Aguilera, Maya, Lil Kim, and Alicia Moore were on this song for a very popular uh, movie that I, I watched a couple times and oh, I didn't man. really get into. Um, I had a girlfriend for a hot second in high school who was obsessed with this movie, um, uh, Boz Lerman, I think movie. And she, yeah, she was like so into this. And I remember we, we saw it in the theaters and then I watched it again and I'm like, I'm just not understanding what the appeal is of this movie, but people, uh, I have no, I, is it Eve? No, that's a good guess. I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. So, so, though I have so then name of an album, well, so, <laughs> Name of an album. I'm trying to think of what's going to give you the hint on this because, like, there's uh, misunderstood and can't take me home. Missy Elliott. No, no. See, that's why I feel like I'm misleading you on that. So hold on. So uh, let me look at the other albums here to see if there's something, or maybe I'll just give you a song. I don't know. Dang. Yeah. I'm only going to get like five points if I even get it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Hold on. Where are your, well, I mean, a, a hint also is that she's a very hard artist to Google because it's one word and it's a very common word. Um, but she's been around for like 20 years now. Um, discography. Man, to I'm going to kick myself. Yeah, see, the problem is like she, all of her art, all of her albums, I don't think that any of them were like hit songs. So, like, her first hit was There You Go, but then there's like Get This Party Started, Just Like a Pill. Oh my God, um, I can hear There You Go in my head. You and Your Hand. But I don't knew? know the artist. So, what she had, uh, yeah, so she had So What, uh, Who Knew, You and Your Hand. Um, and the song that I was talking about before was, uh, Lady Marmalade from Moulin Rouge. Oh. Yeah. Gitchy, gitchy, ya, ya, da, da. Dang it. So that was, that was Maya, Christina Aguilera. Uh, actually, I think Missy Elliott was actually on that song too. Hmm. Uh, and Lil' Kim. Yeah, Missy Elliott was on that song. And uh, dude, and I have artist, no idea, and I'm gonna. Her kick name is myself. a color. Pink. Her name, yeah, pink. There you go. What the heck? <laughs> oh, misunderstood. Tough. That's right. <laughs> misunderstood. Yeah, I knew. I can't I'm buy me currently yeah. kicking myself in the ass. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my I god. Feel like, I feel like that'll be a common thing. I also feel like people who are listening to this podcast will spend a lot of the time with this game screaming out into their kitchen or <laughs> Yeah, or exactly. <laughs> Dang. All right. So do I so even we'll do get the points five points on yeah, that? We'll do, right. Yeah, we do five points. So. Five points. Okay. Yeah. Dang, Pink. I'm so sorry, Pink, if you're listening. She's not listening, but <laughs> she's damn. not listening. Man. Cool. <clears throat> 
All right, give me your last one. And I'm like a fan of hers too. Like, she, I, yeah, she's I like her. Dang. Alicia? Yeah, who knew? I think it's, uh, I see, I don't know. I didn't see Moulin Rouge and I barely mm. remember. I know what you're talking about. And I remember seeing the music video a couple times on MTV yeah. or whatever, but dang. Okay. I mean, the music video is very memorable for if you were any sort of teenage boy around that time, that was a <laughs> music video. <laughs> I don't remember Pink being in that. Yeah. I remember yeah. Christina. I don't remember Lil' Kim or Pink being a part of that. No. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Um, okay. Last one. Okay. This is a mouthful. Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner. That is Sting. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah, Gordon Sumner. Of course you would knock yeah. the last one out of the park when I struggled. <laughs> yeah, Gordon is, is Sting, yeah. I mean, so and you that's just... why his name is, is Sting, because, yeah. But I told you, my mom's obsessed with him. I know everything about Sting and his tantric moves and his brand new day and all of that stuff. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I'm glad that you got a slam dunk. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's fun. Really cool. Um, and then I've got one more for you. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I gave up already from the last see. one. How about um, William Broad? William Broad. Hmm. William. There's a lot of nicknames for William. Yeah. As I was looking this up, by the way, um, I found out that Will Smith's first name isn't William. It's Willard. Like the weird Really? Movie. Yeah. Who knew? Willard Smith. Yeah. Because I was like, Will- is Will Smith? Smith could be a, a stage name. Who knows? No, it's Willard. He's, his name's Willard. Will Smith's yeah. first name is Willard. Willard. Yeah. Pretty cool. Big Willie style. Big Willard style. Big Willard style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, if I had Photoshop skills, I'd take the, yeah, <laughs> I'd do something. <laughs> I think all Will- right, William was what? What was the last name? William Broad. Broad. B-R-O-A-D. Um, that is not yeah, ringing Willard's any bells. The movie with the rats. Yeah. Man, someone should do Big Willard style. With Big Willard rats style. And Crispin, Gro- Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover, yeah. yeah. That was a weird movie. Um, yeah. I have no yeah, idea William's who tough William Broad is. There's a lot of different is. versions of it. There's Bill. Will, William, Bill. Yeah. Uh, you want to do a genre? Yeah, give me take, a genre. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, genre, let's see, let's see what Wikipedia says his genre is. I would say it's like 80s. They're they're good with the, uh, 80s glam rock is what I'm going to say off the top of my head, but. Oh, hold on. Wait, you said 80s. Is it Billy Idol? It's Billy Idol. Yes! It is. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's all I needed. That's all I needed was it, uh, just give me a decade. (laughs) Yeah, 80s glam rock. Yeah, okay, dance punk. I guess that's a thing. It says, yeah. All right, I'll take the five point doc on that. Yeah, because yeah, you gave me, you you threw me a bone. Yeah. Um. All right, cool. So what what's our final tally here? Uh, you've got sixty five points. I've got oh. eighty five points from nice. my big sting slammer at the Your end. Sting slam dunk. Sting Thank slammer. you, sting. Yeah, think not the wrestler. Yeah, <laughs> slam dunk. Good job. Um. All right, it's so fun. let's uh, let's hit a little news things here before we flip over to yeah, the B side. We're getting close to flipping it yeah. over. 
Um, um, so, so a couple things real quick. Uh, so I think we mentioned on another episode uh, that Bob Dylan recently sold his catalog yeah. to UMG for a bunch of cash. And now it's come out that Bruce Springsteen did the same thing a couple weeks ago. He sold everything to Sony. Bruce has been with Sony for, I think, almost his entire career, if not his entire career. So it's not a huge surprise that that's the deal he would go with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hasn't been released how much money the deal was for, but the rumor is about $500 million. Jeez. The interesting thing is like... We've talked about it a little bit about, you know, artists kind of taking things into their own hands when it comes to their retirement, controlling yeah. their legacy, et cetera. And it is very interesting to see artists reaping sort of the tax benefit of it, which is like, you know, if they continue to collect uh, revenue from their music as um, as a yearly thing, right? Mm-hmm, like they earn mm-hmm. their royalties, they pay their normal tax rate, which if you're a successful artist like Bruce Springsteen is 40, 50% tax, yeah, right? it's a lot. Um, but if you sell your catalog, it's capital gains. It's the one time. And yeah, and so you only pay like 20% tax or something like that. So you, you could right up front get a nice chunk of money that you're not gonna see in your lifetime. Um, right. ostensibly. Um, but it's also, and, and, and this spurs a bigger conversation than we should probably have right now, but it is that for anyone who's a collector and obviously we all are, we, we are part of the retrologic, uh, community yes. of <laughs> video games and toys and we do the music stuff as well. And, um, but like, if you're thinking of what you're leaving to your children, um, what you're leaving as your legacy, yeah. it, it, it's, a, I guess it's a pretty smart choice in many ways to say, I'm going to let the, the music people, I trust Sony, you know, you have to have that right relationship, obviously, but Sony as an entity will now carry on the re-releases, the remastered, the archival, right. the, 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 the legacy of my library mm-hmm. for in perpetuity, um, and I'm going to give my kids a bunch of dough and it's like, yep. it's not that weird for me looking at all of my GameCube games and being like, <laughs> I mean, maybe I sell those at some point and just give my kid the cash, you know, like, I, like why hold on to this stuff? Like, yeah, it, it's a different thing, but like Bruce Springsteen giving his kids the rights to control his music is like giving them a job it's giving them some yeah, sort of career it's, or, or it's, it's, a it's hiring someone yeah mm-hmm, they have to mm-hmm. hire someone to control it um so i respect it you know yeah, it is for it, sure. it's very transactional it it's uh it it commodifies music in in a way that it has to be done but it it, right. it does feel weird yeah um but i respect it like it's it's yeah, a normal thing to, to do And I think we're going to see a ton of these legacy artists that are going to be doing this. It's already started, and I think we're only going to see more. It's probably the smart way. Uh, The interesting thing is going to be, like, you know, Sony's bankrolling this up front. You know, like, that's half a billion dollars up front. (laughs) Like, they're going to have to recoup that over time. Um, 
streaming isn't going to cut it, you know? So no, like, we're going to see you? a bunch of vinyl releases. Yeah, yeah. And like, uh, you're going to, maybe you'll hear Bruce songs, or maybe he's got terms, I don't know, but maybe you hear Bruce songs in a Papa John's commercial. Or, or, <laughs> or like, I don't, I don't know, man. It could be weird. Um, could be. The, we were talking about COVID. Um, yep. The Grammys have been postponed. Um, there was a lot of rumblings leading up to that, that that yeah. might happen. Mm-hmm. They've got, um, they have a desire. It's, it's in Los Angeles this year. And I know they have a desire to do, uh, something maybe even outdoors, which even in California in January isn't the best thing. So in maybe pushing it to spring or summer, you could pull yeah. that off better in, in yeah. LA. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. It's just, you know, uh, just another thing. Like we're talking about South Gotta by do There's it. R- yeah. rumors about Coachella. We'll see where that lands. Mm. Um, we've talked about the Woodstock documentary on here before, uh, Michael Lang, one of the, the founders and promoters of the original Woodstock and then its iterations over the years, uh, mm-hmm. he passed away today or yesterday. He was 77. Um, 77. you know, like. There's a lot to be said for pulling off what they pulled off all those yeah. years ago, and and Woodstock '94 was was fairly successful, and '99 yeah. was a, a mess. Um, oh God! I think if you watch that documentary, I still need to watch um, that. <laughs> yeah, it, it leaves you feeling pretty dirty, uh, as it did those people, I'm sure. Um, yeah, like there's a lot of denial going on in that, like as people are living in a terrible squalor out there in the festival. And then the two guys who one of them is Michael are behind the scenes kind of saying, yeah, there's no problems. Everything's fine. There's plenty of water. Everybody's cool. Don't worry about it. And, uh, Mm. wasn't the case. So it's, it's a bummer. Um, but you know, sad that sad to lose somebody who was a visionary enough to put together a festival like that. And obviously Woodstock is an institution and we'll see where it goes from there. Um, the Beatles, who we did a fun episode about, uh, yeah. recently. So they, apparently these, the full rooftop concert has never been fully released before, right. or at least like not the audio of it. I think obviously we've, we, some of the recordings are, are on the LPs, but like, I don't think the entire concert has ever been released. Um, and in IMAX, you'll you'll be able to go watch it in IMAX. Um, That's pretty crazy, in, in actually. In its entirety. It's pretty cool. I mean, again, going to a movie theater right now is a little dicey, but I kind of want, after watching that whole documentary and diving back in and, like, re-educating myself on that era of the Beatles, mm-hmm. going to see the whole concert in an IMAX experience could be really cool. Yeah. So... That's uh that's the end of this month in January. Um and then you're not a big TikTok person, are you? No, I do not have the TikToks. You don't ticker talk. Um so no, I'm sure see so some of the TikTok trends and yeah. you know the more viral stuff ends up trickling down into, you know, yeah. the feeds that I'm currently in like Instagram and right. stuff like that, but uh no, no plans to no plans to go down that that rabbit hole right now. So did Bo Burnham's album or or comedy special slash music special um, make its way to you at all? 
I, I watched it. Radar? Yeah, I was. You it. did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that it was a huge thing on TikTok, and it still bubbles up from time to time. My wife uses TikTok a ton, and we'll be on the couch, and I'll just hear random sounds coming from her phone, and I'm like, okay, I know what's going on over there. Yeah. Um, but because we watched Inside together, like I'm familiar with all the songs, and it's right. a cool, it's a cool project. Right. Um, and some of the songs are really fun, and yeah, and no, he's deep. he's actually. Yeah. Pretty talented songwriter, even so though it's talented. you know <laughs> he's talented. It's for comedy, sure. but it's not. Yeah, um, and so uh, it's getting a proper vinyl release. The pre-orders are open now. That's cool. Something tells me that it's going to be. I don't know why I feel this way. Maybe it's because it was so trendy and buzzy, um, and because I've seen so many young people in my record store. Um, but something tells me that this is going to be something that isn't going to get some kind of crazy release. He's not on a major label. Right. So um, I feel like this is something that comes and goes. And if you don't yep. have it and then it's going to skyrocket a year or two. Yeah. Yep. So I've got that like itchy FOMO finger right now of like, mm-hmm. I think I would listen to this. Like I like it enough where I think I'll listen to it. So there's a utility, but also like, I don't want to miss out on having this on vinyl. Yeah. Something tells me by next week I'll probably have ordered it, but we'll see. Uh, I think that's it for me for news. For news? All right. Well, we've got some quick music history to cover, and then we'll flip it over. Um, So just this past week, obviously, we have the the birth date of David Bowie. Um, mm-hmm. who was just featured in our new game and he was. was featured in our top albums of 1971. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was born January 8th, 1947, and we lost him on January 10th, 2016. So that was six so years ago now. So close to his now. birthday. Yeah. And, and he had just released an album, too. It was only a few days. Black Star? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember exactly when Black Star was released, but it was either on his birthday or right around it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, just a, a sh- short handful of days later, um, you know, got the news of his passing. So, yeah. um, and Foo Fighters just put out uh, a cover of one of his Black Star album songs, didn't they? Yeah. I haven't listened yeah. to so it yet. Spoon put one out too. Yeah. There's been a couple covers floating out there from some Was it Foo Fighters it or Spoon? Be- maybe, I'm th- that, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I think there are a couple. There might be. I don't know of a Foo Fighters one. There's a couple things out there because I want to say that there's some. Amazon. No, you're right. It's Spoon. I was wrong. It's not Foo Fighters. It was Spoon. <laughs> it's another band that you love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there's some like Amazon David Bowie celebration thing happening, yeah. and I, I feel like the Spoon thing was part of that. So there may be other artists as well. But there's been a, a, a few things uh, popping off from it. Yeah, and it's a great album. Um, it's it's he he did it with uh, a bunch of really talented jazz musicians, so it's mm. it's pretty different for him, which is weirdly normal for him to <laughs> to do yeah. something yeah. left field and and yeah. uh, you know off the beaten path. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's actually a great album, and um, obviously it got a lot of recognition because of his passing. But it is a really actually an excellent album in its own right. So definitely something to check out if you haven't. Um, the weird some- thing is that, um, I, like, so it's so close together, the dates mm-hmm. between um, his his birth date and his, his the day of his death. 
I feel like there's a thing with Jerry Garcia where there's the days between. Um, yeah, they do the days between thing. I don't think it's that close though. Uh, I think it's like a week or two or something like this. It, it, there's some like segment of time where they do the days between, and I'm wondering like that you could do a 48 hour celebration, like everybody like does the Aladdin sane or like puts the the Ziggy start whatever it is like the. The, uh-huh. the lightning bolt on your face, like have yourself a nice little Bowie celebration every year for 48 hours in January. It might be worth it. Like a good yeah. excuse to revisit his music and celebrate it every year. Yeah. I think we have a local, um, um, our local public acts, not public access, our, our local, um, public radio station mm-hmm. does a David Bowie weekend. Um, pretty much. I think they've done it every year, uh, since his passing. Um, by the way, Jerry Garcia was, uh, he was born August 1st, 1942 and died on August 9th, 1990. Yeah, so it's about a week they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's always interesting when that happens yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and then some quick music history, um, January 15th, 1965, the who released their first single. I can't explain with Jimmy Page on guitar, actually. Mm. I didn't know that. That's news to me. Didn't know that either. Um, and the Ivy League on backing vocals. It went on cool. to reach number eight on the UK charts. That was, um, well, this day when this actually goes live, in 19, mm. <laughs> January 15th, 1965. Uh, January 15th, 1983, we talked about them in our last episode. Men at Work started yeah. a four-week run at number one on the US singles charts, with Down Under, um, it was the Australian group's second U.S. number one, also a number one hit in the U.K. as well. Mm. Uh, amazing album. I love that. I'll pop that on pretty frequently, to be honest. January 16th, 1988, 24 years, speaking of the Beatles, after the Beatles first topped the chart, George Harrison went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Got My Mind Set On You, an old mm-hmm. favorite of his that was originally recorded by James Ray in 1962. And right. um, is it, there's, that has a pretty, doesn't that one have a pretty iconic music video? It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the one where the, the room comes to life. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, that sticks, that, that stuck with me. That's, I have that on vinyl. I love that album. Um, but that's one of those things that I definitely, it's that and Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. Yeah, I was going to mention um, Peter Gabriel. Just that weird music video memory. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, it just, what music videos could be? I mean, thrillers obviously up there too of like yeah. things oh, that, that I saw when I was a kid where I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? Is this, is this a movie? It's not a TV show. It's yeah, music. Yeah, thriller but- is what really started the whole trend of making them more cinematic yeah. in scope. Yeah. But- these just like these are just jarring things. That, <laughs> it's like the Tiki Room. I don't know if you were ever in the Tiki yep. Room in in Disney, but it's like it should be this happy, wonderful time with birds and flowers singing, and then the thunderstorm hits, and you're like, I don't know what's it's going on in kinda here. Kind of creepy, I'm, right? I'm seven years old, and I'm losing my mind. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the it's the acid trip on the boat scene yeah. in Willy Wonka. That's exactly That's right. what it is. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. <clears throat> um. Oh, this one's kind of kind of funny. So, January 16th, 1996, Jamaican authorities opened fire on Jimmy Buffett's 
seaplane, mistaking it for a drug trafficking plane. Oh U2 God. singer Bono was what? also on board. Neither singer was injured in the incident, and the incident inspired Jimmy Buffett to write a song called Jamaica Mistaka. <laughs> Fantastic. Like, <laughs> also, what a disaster that could have done. That uh, could have been, have been like, a horrible oh disaster. Oh my gosh. Oh Oops, my gosh. we just killed Jimmy Buffett and Bono. Holy moly. <laughs> Jamaica Mistaka. <laughs> I had to include wow. that. I think literally the Jamaica Mistaka is the only reason I included this bit. <laughs> it's so good. It's, yeah. it's a good payoff. Yeah. <laughs> and then January 17th, 1967, uh, is the day that the Daily Mail ran the story about a local council survey finding 4,000 holes in the road in Lancashire, inspiring John Lennon's contribution to A Day in the Life. That was January 17th, 1967, wow. that story ran. A few quick birthdays, and then we'll uh, flip it over and go into our main course for the day. January 14th, 1967, Zach Wild um, has his own solo career, but was the guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne uh, after Randy Rhodes passing. Uh, also January 14th in 1968, LL Cool J, we just saw him um, be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just at the end of mm -hmm. this, this last year. That's right. And then the very next year, we have these 67 was Zach Wild, 68 was LL Cool J, and 69 on the same date, Dave Grohl. Oh, man. Nirvana, Foo Fighters. I mean, Dave Grohl is is probably the biggest rock star in the world. That's a heavy date for birthdays. It is heavy hitters one there. Day, every year had a had a pretty big one come out. And then uh, this one, unfortunately, being quite a bit more tragic, but uh, another mm -hmm. plane crash incident, January sixteenth, nineteen seventy nine. Aaliyah, uh, singer and actress, killed in a plane crash in the Bahamas. That was two thousand and one, yeah. over twenty years ago. Jeez. Um, we lost her and, and I have one of those like production things too, where yeah. it's just like, they just overloaded that plane trying to cut corners and expedite or whatever. And it's just, you look back at it and you're like, how could you, I mean, she was, she was top of her game at that point. Yeah. Like, she was it, exploding and then just, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, she would have, I mean, she was already huge, but like yeah. her career would have gone even further. Yeah. So it's really tragic. I have such a weird, the character arc for her is unfortunate for me because like my initial impressions of mm -hmm. Aaliyah had to do with being overwhelmingly annoyed by the baby cooing sample. Oh my God. And <laughs> and should I stay, uh, uh, are you that somebody? Are you that somebody? Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> and is that, do what we blame that baby? We t we blame Timbaland. Yeah, we blame Timbaland for that, it right? It had to be Timbaland. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. for the longest time, like I associated Aaliyah with that feeling of being annoyed due to the baby cooing sample, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, it took years before I was able to go back and see her for the artist that she that she was. Um, yeah. But yeah, tragic loss for the music world. All right, yeah, that kind that of somebody music video is also like a Lady Marmalade video too. Just of I don't like, remember that one. Was I, that a crazy it, music I mean, video? 
No, it's more like I was teenage boy and she was oh. gorg- gorgeous. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> like oh my god. <laughs> I mean that was pretty common. The, the things yeah, were getting that's what, like, pretty yeah, racy. When you're like because you were seeing not to go too crazy, but you were seeing like like thongs stick up above pants in a lot of music videos. Oh, that was at the that thing. Time. Yep, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Guys, I'm like 14. What are you doing to me? I can't see this. Like, yeah. I mean, that started to trickle down to my high school. I started to see that. It's like, oh, what What is that? Doing 90s. So crazy. I think they even had to put out a statement in my school like, you may not have visible underwear. (laughs) No visible underwear or slap bracelets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Slap bracelets. Yeah. And, And there was a thing too with, at least in my school, I think there was a thing with um, Tamagotchis. No, they had to ban Pokemon cards. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still ban Pokemon cards. My my what daughter came heck? home, dude. My daughter came home with one, and I know they're banned. And like some kid had given her like a shiny Pokemon card, and it's all beat up. Like I'm not too stressed about it, but uh-huh. I'm like. This is contraband. What are you doing? This Why is contraband. Is this and she's just like, Ethan gave it to me. And I'm like, you give that back to you Ethan. Give it back. What are you talking about? This can't <laughs> yep. happen. You don't know and what this I'm is like, worth. No, I can't even send you to school with this because if the teacher sees you giving this to Ethan, you could get in trouble. So now I've just got this shiny Pokemon card sitting here on my desk and I don't, from Ethan, I don't want to do with that thing. But like it, no, it's still a thing, dude. I remember Pokemon cards getting banned and that's like crazy that you that's still, still can't thing. have them. Still can't have them. Well, we've gone from um, thongs to Pokemon, yeah. and now Without we're... Without talking about Cisco, by the way. We <laughs> didn't talk about Cisco once about we the have, thongs. That's so. true. But we'll, yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll get there some at some time. point. Yeah. <laughs> some other time. All right. We, we have got a chalk... We had a chalk full side A. We'll try to get through our side B here, yeah. and we'll flip it over and go over our hopes and dreams for 2022. back on side b of our 15th episode of retro groove um we're looking ahead to the future and with optimism Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we have to we have to be (laughs) there's no other choice at this point i mean the the morale's got to come up so there's a number of things coming out um album wise relatively soon and then there's Mm -hmm. Still, despite, you know, the, the Omicron threat, um, there's, we've seen some cancellations here and there, but live music doesn't seem to be slowing down all that much. Yeah, um, I think we've got a lot of artists that have this, like, pent-up need and want to get out there, and understandably so. That's their livelihood, and that's what they're used to. And, um, yeah, I, they, I think you're going to see a lot of big tours. I mean, they're already being announced, and there's going to be more yeah. to come. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Bon Jovi, you know, I, I expect Chili Peppers, if it hasn't already been announced, uh, I would guess Chili Peppers. I, I'm sure Pearl Jam wants to get out there. You mm-hmm. too. Like these bands have been sitting on the sidelines. Um, I think we said earlier, like, you know, these artists have had some time now to kind of cook up a plan. Uh, things keep changing, obviously, but yeah. I think a lot of a lot of folks are going to be trying to go full steam ahead and uh, and break out of this cycle of kind of Zoom, uh, Zoom live stream, whatever, and actually get up on a stage in front of some fans. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've seen most of these announcements when I go and, you know, look at what ticket prices are and where they're coming near me. Most of them that I've actually, I don't think I've seen one that doesn't require some kind of either vaccination proof yeah. or a negative COVID test in a very short window of time. Like I saw one yeah. or two that I think you had to sh- sh- prove a negative COVID test within the past like 24 hours. So yeah. they're uh, pretty strict uh, from what I've yeah. seen anyway, yeah. um, which is completely understandable. It's good. The, the venue doesn't want to be liable for causing a super spreader event or anything like yeah. that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's there's, Definitely things you can do to mitigate that outdoors being one of them. Yeah. Um, and I've seen s- not music uh, shows, but I've seen like, for example, comedy shows where it's different tables and the tables are distanced, but you have to like buy the whole table. So right. yeah, like I, I, I wanted to see Dave Chappelle when he came through, but it was like, Oh, you have to buy the whole table and tickets are like, they were like two hundred or three hundred dollars, so it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I might be able to find two or three friends to go with me, but mm-hmm. do they want to pay the, the two or three hundred dollar ticket price? So yeah, um, a lot. there's there's a lot of different ways around it, I think, yeah. and we're more knowledgeable now and smarter about it now that you know we're not just shutting everything down like we did a couple years ago, almost two years yeah. ago. Yeah. And so we've talked about the economics of uh, going to see a show as opposed to going to see a festival. Um, And I can see the festival crowds um, there, you know, in certain areas, at least are ripping to come back and the companies want to do it. And the announcements are starting to trickle out. Um, There is a lot of speculation with some of this stuff. And I think the earlier part of festival season that April, May is a little dicier than your August or September lineups. Right. Um, We we haven't seen the Lollapaloozas or any of those come out just yet. Um, But Bonnaroo just announced and Bonnaroo's June and it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. Outdoors and it's in Tennessee, so you know there's there's reasons to be positive there. Um, yeah. And what's fun is when you look at uh, a festival lineup, you can sort of see the tea leaves for who might have a project and that's why they're doing right. it, or who might have some sort of tour that they're pairing this with, or or who's just looking for a payday. Um, but, you know, if you look at festival lineups around the country, you will often see uh, names that pop up multiple times, and it gives you a nice little inclination. So if you see someone... Uh, performing at Bonnaroo, but you're based in California, then you can think, well, maybe they're going to play Outside Lands or Bottle Rock or some other music festival that's a little closer to me. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and and the Bonnaroo lineup is pretty neat. I mean, it's it's everything from like your you know your Roddy Rich, Machine Gun Kelly, like the current uh, hip hop crowd. But you've got Stevie Nicks, you've got uh, Robert Plant and Allison Krauss. You have Tool yeah. playing, Herbie Hancock. I mean, Bonnaroo Man. always tries to hit a nice wide swath of mm-hmm. of people um, and audiences. But yeah, uh, I mean, the Bonnaroo and that Bonnaroo seems to be the trend. We've been yeah. t- we've we've talked about that where it's been trending that way. I mean, we even had they need to. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's it's I I think that's great. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's there's always going to be your metal festivals and and you know targeted stuff like that, but the big ones are yeah. are really reaching far and wide, and uh, I like it. I think it's yeah. I think it's good. I think it's forward thinking. So as you mentioned that, you know, there's some projects that we know about. It's still early in the year, so we can also kind of hope or speculate on other artists that have maybe been a little quiet or have mm-hmm. said that they're in the studios right now. Um, but what we kind of want to do here is just look at some things that we're hopeful for in 2022. I don't think that um, we can sit here and say that, uh, like, be predictive in what our favorite albums are going to be for this year. It's not as cut right. and dry as that when you get into uh, releases. But you can kind of look at this stuff and say, hey, it would be exciting if uh, this band put out something. You know, it'd be cool to hear yeah. from them again. Um, and I'll, I'll go on the speculative side of things first, because there sure. hasn't really been a ton of concrete stuff yet. Um, but going back to what I said about the festivals, you are seeing the Smashing Pumpkins um, start to book some stuff this summer. They're, mm-hmm. they're popping up on a few things here and there. And Billy Corgan has said, and this is going to be really interesting, um, that he has been working on or he, his vision was uh, a, a double disc trilogy that he would complete. And so Melancholy wow. and the Infinite Sadness was the first one. Mm-hmm. And then the second one was was Machina and Machina 2, which weren't technically packaged together. Or at least maybe they were after the fact. But, you know, I bought Machina when it came out. Um, mm-hmm. Machina 2 was released separately. But they are he, he views them as a as a double disc set of one like one solo one project. Yeah, uh-huh. one work. Um, and so there's supposed to be like a finale to that, like a third oh. act double disc that has been in the work. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins have had these like peaks and valleys in their releases. Yeah, for um, sure. I, I think we talked about Zwan at one point. Yes. I love that album. Like <laughs> I'd great. love some more Zwan, but the, recent smashing pumpkin stuff has had some really cool sounds to it so uh so i'm i'm here for that um and another one that's follows uh in that same vein is weezer now Mm -hmm. weezer has a habit like rivers is always in his head and 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 always kind of working through stuff and has 10 projects cooking at any given time i mean they put Um, out two albums last year right well and yeah and and he said when um i think when the black album came out that the white album was going to come out a month later and then it actually it it didn't like they they paced themselves a little bit more he tends to put out an ambitious angle and then i think the reality of all of it and and you know he's a bit of a perfectionist and has a vision and so it takes time to craft that stuff so there's always a little bit of a give and take with weezer um he said that he has been prepping and they have been prepping for 
albums worth of material for this year. Oh my god! One to coincide with each season, so we would see a, a release, <laughs> oh a release right around the start of each spe- season. So we would see the first one would come in spring. So figure what is that? March, April. We'd Jeez. see the first, and then there'd be a, like a three to four month cadence with with. Uh, with four Weezer releases. Um, I will say that we are seeing stuff like that happen currently, like Beach House and Johnny Marr come to mind as artists who Mm -hmm. have been putting out like EPs or like a handful of songs and then working towards collecting them as a bigger project. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could happen. Four albums is a lot. You know, like that's, that's goes without saying. That's a lot. A little. Nuts. If he said four EPs, you know, or four four songs, or like a song and a B side, or something like that, like that they were going to put out new music every season. I think I'd buy into it a little bit more. But um, yeah, four albums is that's very I mean, ambitious. I feel like if if you could pull it off, which I mean, they probably can. Yeah. Like, how is that going to impact the quality of the songwriting? Because, yeah, yeah, you could put out a bunch of songs, but Mm -hmm. if you took those 40 to 50 songs and really pared them down to the best of the best, you would have a stellar album. But instead, you're going to have that handful of great songs spread out over four albums, which is yeah, kind of, sort of described Weezer in you know yeah. since since Pinkerton, so yeah. or post Pinkerton, yeah. post Pinkerton. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously that's opinion, but that seems to kind of be the <laughs> the yeah. way that it's gone for them. The cadence for releases for them has always been odd, where they'll disappear for a few years, and then you'll get a year where you get two albums, or you get an album every year for four years, or something like that. You know, so yeah. it, it could happen. Um, I would expect that we see an album this year that has stuff from all of it, or maybe even like a double disc-y kind of thing, like an extended album that has yeah. stuff that represents all four seasons. Um, it would be my guess, but uh, but we'll see. There's nothing, nothing concrete yet. Um, is there anything mm-hmm. on your radar at this point uh, that you're seeing on the horizon that, that you're excited about? Yeah, there, um, not a ton. Um, I, I just, for, for whatever reason, I'm typically not looking too far in the future. Like most mm-hmm. of the ones that I am really excited about are coming out like next month. Right. Um, it's, it's especially just the way that things are now looking like too far past the next month or two is kind of like, what is even going to happen? Yeah. Like, what's, is, what's life? Yeah. Is the world even going to still be here? Like yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. a lot. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I already talked a little bit about Kendra Morris on side a, um, mm. but her release next month is definitely probably front and center on my radar aside from yeah. spoon. Uh, we get the spoon album next month as well. Yeah. Um, so that is, is pretty high. That's just kind of been a vibe that I've been really connecting with, you know, that whole black Pumas ghost funk orchestra whole sound. Uh, so that's, that's connecting with me and I'm definitely excited about that. Um, and we're, we've, we've heard, uh, a new song, maybe even two songs, uh, from block party, where you know it's it's been a minute since we even knew what was going yeah. on with this band. I think the last album was 
2016, 2015, something like that. So, um, yeah, it's been a while. There's been they've they've had gaps in their releases before, but this kind of felt like does this band still exist? Like, are they still an active group? And then you hear um, the new music, and they seem like they are in the best form. Like it's it was it was oh it's goodness. banging, it's rocking, it sounds like block party, but it 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 feels current. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited. Like that that one seems like it's going to be pretty cool. I'm guessing. I'm guessing that's that that tickles the atom uh the atom spot right for sure no i was a yeah. huge fan of silent alarm when it came out in what was it oh four mm-hmm. yeah yeah 2004 um and they just they kind of blew up um i really liked their sound i still like their sound uh but yeah. it really you know hit me hard back then they even had a song on Guitar Hero, like they got really big. Yeah. Um, they're, I didn't really get into any of their other albums after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been jamming the new single in the car, uh, Traps. And oh my God. Yeah, it's I have banger. to be careful because I will start driving very fast. <laughs> Some, <laughs> it does that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely excited for that. That that'll be a purchase um, for me. We've got Jack White on the horizon. He's mm-hmm. going to have it looks like two albums coming out. Which again, we're getting back to ambition. But yeah. Jack White, uh, Jack White, I think he's ready to to deliver it. Um, you know, he's been working for a while. We had uh, a song that was really heavy come out um, a few weeks back. And uh, mm-hmm. it looks like it's there's going to be some sort of dichotomy between the two of these different sounds. Um, so we'll get one. I think it's like March, April, and then we're looking later in the year for the next one sometime in the summer. Um, but, you know, Jack White always delivers. I feel like I'm always left wanting with his solo stuff more so than like a rock on tours or a dead weather yeah. kind of release. But, um, but always exciting to see what that guy does. Cause you just really can't predict it other than he's going to have a guitar and it's going to rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so that that's pretty exciting. And then the other one that I saw that I was like, this is probably on Adam's to do list is, uh, mm. is the smile, which, you know, it, it it's it's half of Radiohead. It's two fifths of Radiohead, two-fifths. right? <laughs> two fifths of Radiohead, uh-huh. but like Ni- but Nigel's involved, right? So that's why I'm like, is it Nigel's half always involved? <laughs> so it's like six members of the, there's if there's six members of Radiohead and there's three involved in this, um, yeah. But like it, it's it doesn't sound much like Radiohead, no, you know? This is not this, at all. This, yeah, and so I, it was exciting for me to hear this to hear a different side of Tom's singing and um you know i didn't see the live stream i guess earlier last year they did a fan live stream where they performed uh, or presented a few songs from this project um i haven't really done a whole bunch of digging on it but i'm interested to see what this manifests as it it seems like a passion project and those can yeah. turn out very, very odd or they can turn out like the Zwan album we just mentioned, which yeah. is gorgeous, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, so it, it could be a cool one to watch for, for sure. I'm kind of surprised that for some reason it really wasn't on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get like 
the Radiohead, I'm on like their email list and they'll send out stuff for any of the side projects. So I just must have glazed over it. Um, But, you know, since you mentioned it to me and it reminded me, oh, okay, I remember hearing about that, but I hadn't even looked into it or listened to it yet. And yeah, uh, yeah, I've been listening to it in the car. It's, It's really not at all what i expected (laughs) it's it's rocking it's good um we've got a few like legacy artists who have confirmed that they're coming out of the gate um Mm -hmm. with with new albums so mail and camp's album comes out in a couple weeks um and then brian adams who is like the canadian bruce springsteen um (laughs) i (laughs) i Dude, but he's got jams. Like again, we I, I I know I have like a mixed relationship with Springsteen's music. Um Brian Adams, I feel like I can listen to like I listen to Huey Lewis, where it's just so good and so listenable and easy to to just rock to in the car. Uh-huh. Um and it seems like this is more of the same. So uh mm-hmm. I you know, I'll take some new Brian Adams jams to to cruise to. That sounds like a great uh oh, a great way sure. to start the year off. Yeah, <laughs> for um, sure. And then are you a Jethro Tull fan? I don't think we've ever talked about them at all. Not a huge fan, but okay. I'm definitely not gonna change the station if it comes on the I don't really listen to radio radio, but yeah. Um I'm a I'm a fan of their hits i don't have any of their albums not that i wouldn't own them but it's just not something that's super at the forefront of my mind when i'm looking through records and and okay. uh, digging they just crates and they stuff. like they de- definitely delve into that like prog realm obviously and so yeah. i wasn't sure um if that if that was something that ever kind of hit your radar much um outside of that like i I, i'm in the same boat you know i know the hits my dad was a fan so we definitely Mm -hmm. listened to them a bit in the car and at home um you know ian anderson's a legend he's a he's a rock star yeah um and so they're back this year um crazy first album I, i mean there was a christmas album back in the early 2000s but like First album in over 20 years, really. Um, and so, again, I haven't really heard it. It's supposed to come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, but it'd be interesting to sound what, hear what uh, Jethro Tell sounds like yeah. in 2022. You know, like, I know what they sounded really like in the 70s. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh-huh. And they <laughs> always know, had can, a really unique sound anyway, but yeah, you know, people change well, after can, 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, you can say like, you know, and obviously this is a different comparison, but you can say, you know, you know what the Stones sounded like in the 70s as opposed to like the 80s or 90s or whatever. Right. Like I can I can hear some of those things in my head when we talk about how these bands like Aerosmith or whatever have kind of changed their sound as they went through the decades. Mm-hmm. I don't know what jethro tell you know like (laughs) i don't know what to expect we've talked about yes a bunch right like yes over the years has yes's sound changed that much or is it is it fairly a consistent formula that they just kind of reinvent or perfect each time it's you know pretty consistent in my opinion i'm not yes is yes real familiar with their like mid 80s through the 90s stuff um but the the newer album uh that came out kind of surprised me last year and it's not amazing, but it's mm-hmm. it's a solid yes album. Yeah. And it sound most of those songs I could definitely other than obviously the synthesizers have a lot more fidelity now and, and the production value um uh, 
the uh, the production quality, but it, the songs themselves it, it could very John, and John Anderson sounds he can still do it. It's pretty crazy. much just like he does on those seventies Yes albums. It's how nuts. is that possible? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's it's um, amazing. We've been waiting for a, a while now for this next one. Um, so as A Tribe Called Quest were recording their mm-hmm. um, their last album, Fife Dog was also recording what he was framing as going to be his second ever solo album. He was in the studio kind of doing both at the same time, jumping between the two. Um, he obviously passed away shortly after that release. Yeah. They fortunately were able to go out and perform um, a bunch of shows together and really kind of give the band as sad as it is, like it's a, it was a proper send off, you know, like I, I, I honestly kind of wish that the beastie boys had been able to do the same thing and, and they did yeah. stuff at the end as well, but yeah. you know, it, it definitely didn't play out the same way as, as this did. Um, but there's been this talk of what, it, like how much was done and what was going to come of this solo album. Um, but it it was supposed to be released, or it was rumored to be released last year. It got pushed, mm-hmm. um, and it it's apparently confirmed to come out um, this winter. Uh, it looks like February. Uh, it's called Forever. There's a song featuring Buster Rhymes and, and Redman. There's a, nice. a bunch of other really cool features that are, are talked about being on this album. So you know he's a he's he's a legend. You know, like that 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 group each each member of a tribe called Quest kind of stood on their own. Uh, incredibly well. And um, I'm really hoping that this is uh, a good cause for celebration of an MC that's not always talked about when you're talking about some of the greatest of all time, but he should be, you know, Mm -hmm. he's like, he's, he's definitely in that pantheon. Um, And so, and that last Tribe Called Quest album was fantastic. So I'm really hopeful that, you know, that kind of translates over to here and that this what sure. we start hearing is stuff where he was just at the top of his game and really really delivers something super strong um but it'll yeah, just be excited to hear his voice you know it'll just mm-hmm. be it'll be cool to hear that um for sure we know uh so um john uh john and i talk about a lot of this like i don't know like 2000s butt rock uh, stuff <laughs> in the di- in the Discord a bunch where I definitely uh, had my time with it and I still have uh, uh, an occasional appreciation for it. I don't. I definitely don't not enjoy it anymore. Like it's still fun to listen to Papa Roach or whatever from time right. to time uh-huh. um, for what it is. Uh, and so it, it's it's kind of cool that there's a new Corn album. Those guys have reinvented themselves a bunch of times. Again, a band that's been doing it since the early 90s. So like yeah, to think about a while. band, they're, they're a band that when you look at it, um, it's funny, I saw a, a meme going around where it was uh, what you think Zelda looked like 20 years ago. And it was a picture, like a screenshot of A Link to the Past. And then it was uh-huh. what Ze- what Zelda actually looked like 20 years ago. And it was Wind Waker. Um, oh, and God. <laughs> it just it feels, right? It's that thing of like, oh, my God, 20 years actually wasn't that long ago as, as a frame of reference for right. you and I and maybe a bunch of people listening. And so Korn's early stuff doesn't feel that far off from me. But when I look at it, 
it yeah it's yep. it's the 90s <laughs> it's like the mid 90s and yes. uh and so like that band as we've talked about like what hip-hop but uh, icons are going to sound like like Jay-Z and Kanye as they're in their 50s and 60s. And what does that even look like? What's classic hip hop when they're when you have those stars like that? Um, I don't know what corn looks like at this age. Right. You know? I don't, I, like, well, and like particularly with that style of music, I mean, yeah. you're you're probably just destroying your vocal cords. Yeah. So, yeah. like, what do you sound like? After yeah, 30 I mean, years of screaming, you know what I mean? Well, that was the weird thing when I went to go to that Megadeth concert, because uh-huh. I'd never seen them before. And, like, watching them, like, he had his sort of, like, hired guns, like, the current iteration of the band around him that were doing all this, like, running and shredding or whatever. And then he was just on stage doing his, like guttural kind of sing growling Mm -hmm. um his like snarling vocals um and it works for that music it was cool but at the same time like he was just standing there you know like he and he was just post cancer and um Mm. he was an old guy it was like right around i think his like 60th birthday or something um so yeah, so look, I would probably go see Corn just to see what Corn's like in their fifties. Um, you know, like <laughs> band members have come and gone. There's like one yeah. guy who's back in the band and another one who's out. Um, but I, they, they, the thing about Corn that hit me back in the day that still is appealing now is that they do have a, a distinctive sound that a lot yeah. of other bands had, but they would experiment with it. They did an album with Skrillex, you know, like they were in that rap rock, like new metal, whatever, mm-hmm. but they did their own version of it. Kind of like Lincoln park where it's like, all right, you've got all the other people who are doing iterations of this or who are doing maybe uninspired versions of this. And then you have the actual original purveyors of it. Um, And so I'm interested to see that. I don't necessarily need to see like trapped, you know, or (laughs) whatever, like like any of those kind of bands. I think I'm good. Um, I I think I'll skip the taproot and alien ant farm shows from now on, but like (laughs) I, I, you know, corn could be cool to see what, what they do. Um, alien ant farm. And in that hard rock vein, a band that I do love still to this day, uh, is Avenged Sevenfold. Um, there's been a lot of talk about new music. It's been almost six years since the last album. Yeah. I was going to say they've been relatively consistent, right? Yeah, it was every like three or four years. Like you, it was like a, really a three-year cycle for a while, and then um, they did this big theatrical kind of uh, sound to their normal blend of Metallica meets Guns N' Roses. Really, is 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 where a lot of their stuff kind of lands, especially after the second album. Um, and it it was it was this big grandiose thing it was very cool sounding um and then it's been quiet i mm-hmm. this feels like one of those things where i think that they had plans to do like a 2020 deal and just were like yeah we're going to we're going to pause it again wholly me speculating but this just yeah. feels like on their cadence and where they're at as a band um uh, you know back to the block party thing the lead singer was putting out solo albums in that gap, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he put out like four solo albums. Um, these guys have 
dabbled in other things, but it's not like they split, um, to my knowledge, and went off and did a bunch of other stuff and are just coming back to this. I think that there's been something, as they've been crescendoing to these bigger ideas, uh, I think there's been something cooking, and they're just... Mm. Um, they're just now feeling like they can actually capitalize on it. So that uh-huh. it feels like it was a pause button because of, um, because of that. Um, yeah. and I, I feel, I feel the same way about Arctic monkeys again, starting yeah. to delve into some real speculation here because there isn't any concrete information, but it's about time that last album. I don't know. Did you ever listen to tranquility base, uh, at all? Yeah, a little bit. I'm I'm a casual fan of theirs. Yeah. Uh, I'm not heavy, heavy into them, but I I do like them. Um, but I did. I I thought th- they're pretty. Like they they put out a lot of material. They did for a while. Yeah, there was like a, I mean they really hit that kind of bluesy garage rock uh thing real hard for a few albums in like the late aughts early teens Mm -hmm. um and then they kind of disappeared like they had some real hits you know they had like two or three real big hits off of am which was in 2013 Mm -hmm. and then they went quiet and came back a few years after that with this like bowie uh, kind of influenced um space garage rock opera thing um where he's like got it was it's pretty trippy um there's some gorgeous stuff on there it's it's very piano based which was different from the garage rock guitar driven stuff that they had done before um so it put a bunch of people off because it didn't sound like an arctic monkeys uh release necessarily um but it sounds like you know that was 2018 Um, again, they were on a pretty solid cadence of every two or three years with the exception of that last release. And so it feels like we're four years now, like we should start hearing something from this band again. Mm -hmm. Um, and because of the nature of that last album, like, I, I don't know where this band could go. Like you could have that return to form and they could do, um, the let's rock you know like what the black keys kind of did where they go back and they just like strip it down and write some real jams and have their el camino moment um and and again nothing against turn blue like there was there was hits on that too but great um, album i don't yeah but um I, i feel like we could see something like that with arctic monkeys i feel like they could be poised for that but well, that Alex seems to could be, go off and do his own thing, you know. Yeah, he could do he could do whatever. Definitely possible. It does seem to be the trend. Like we're seeing it with Spoon. Um, we seem to be seeing it with um, Block Party, where mm-hmm. okay, let's just get back to you know bass, drums, and guitar, and let's rock. You know what I mean? That yeah. that it does. Things seemed at least in the indie rock space that seems to be the trend right now. And mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, you know, I love guitar driven music. It seemed like yeah. the guitar was a, an instrument that was going extinct for a while there, at least from a rock and roll standpoint. But yeah, I think, it comes back around. Yeah. yeah it always kind of comes in and out, but yeah. Um, I think we're seeing more bands do that, uh, at least in this last year or two. Mm-hmm. And I like, the trend myself so yeah. i hope it continues yeah um 
And speaking of which, I know, so my big kind of speculation, hope, maybe hopes and dreams, you know, <laughs> hanging mm-hmm. on a prayer. Yeah. Um, Super Drag has been dropping little hints. Yeah. Like they posted a picture of the original lineup together in a studio mm-hmm. and everybody was like, oh, or what looked like a studio. And everybody was like, oh, what's cooking? Like what's happening? Yeah. And uh, I I thought it was just going to be okay. Maybe they're a reissue. Yeah, yeah. because they they did that uh, a year or so ago with Valley of Dying Stars. So mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe they're coming in and remastering um, uh, Last Call for Vitriol, which they never have made. Uh, th- that was never pressed on vinyl. That that was oh, man. I think only on CD. Um, and it's a phenomenal album. I don't know why it doesn't get as much attention. Um, but they just announced very recently, like within the past week or so that they have been writing songs and they have a song, I think recorded already. So it's, it might be a bit of a stretch to expect an album this year, but it's not Mm -hmm. out of the question, which has me really excited. Yeah, yeah, it, it it could happen for sure. I mean, it does seem like something where they've probably, if they posted it, then they probably have uh, full intent on doing it. Whether that gets sidelined by life logistics and a pandemic uh, resurgence yeah. or whatever is, is kind of up in the air. But um, but yeah, I'd, it'd be interesting to see. Um, and and another one on the speculative train, just like. Bands that have been quiet that really had a rhythm down, and then the rhythm should have landed right in the midst of um, of the pandemic is uh, is Arcade Fire. So oh yeah, they um, they it's did been a while for them, right? Yeah, they did. Um, they did uh, re-release some stuff over the COVID pandemic and and stuff, but it's been a little quiet. Uh, I want to say one of them had had some solo stuff. It might have been Will Butler, um, but yeah, it was every three years. I mean, like talking back to two thousand four, you'd get new Arcade Fire every three years up until twenty seventeen, and so it's been five years now that it's since we've while, seen yeah. anything or heard anything from that band. Um, and they were festival headliners, you know? They were... Yes. The, you put them there with Kings of Leon and Coldplay yeah, they were um, huge. as, like, these, like the, one of the rock bands that's still kind of out there and doing it um, and able to sell tickets. So it is odd for them to be so quiet at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would be surprised if we don't hear something from them um, yeah. this year. Yeah, and I year. think we'll see them, even if it's not this year, we're probably going to see them reinvent themselves again. I feel mm-hmm. like they've done that once or yeah. twice. Yeah, um, I agree. So, you know, they've definitely, I mean, you know, they have that Bowie connection and mm-hmm. they seem to follow that same kind of semi-concept album, you know, reinvent our sound kind of thing. Um, very theatrical. So, um, yeah, hopefully we see something that would be, that would be outstanding. Now you're getting a uh, new spoon music, you know. Yep, yep. Um you might be getting new super drag. Um Maybe. you know, you've got you don't have new Radiohead per se, but you you got Tom doing something and, yeah. and maybe maybe after that we get some new Radiohead. Um I have two artists that I am just if 
it, I'm if at some point as we're doing this throughout the year, we get to talk about the fact that there's new music. You're going to see me super happy. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's just anyone that just like kind of pie in the sky. You feel like, um, you know, it would make your your year to hear something from at this point. Um, for me, you know, Robert Smith's talked a bunch about how he has an album done but it needs to be mixed for the cure Mm. Uh, i would love to hear what the cure sounds like now i think it's been since 2008 i want to say since we we heard anything and i mentioned in the rock and roll hall of fame uh episode we did that you know seeing them um perform that year mm-hmm. was so good and they've and yeah. they've performed since and they're still fantastic they're so solid. i know that they can do it you know i know they can still do it um so i would love to see what uh, what they could do with something that they've been working on for over a decade um and then there's been a bunch of social posts Mm-hmm. And I have conflicted feelings about it, if I'm being completely honest, <laughs> uh, about Blink-182. Yeah. So Blink-182, when they initially were severing, right? Like right around the untitled, self-titled album, um, which was a fantastic album. Also had Robert Smith from The Cure on it, by oh, the way. Oh, wow. I didn't um, know that. <laughs> <laughs> just to bring it right around. Um but fantastic album where the band kind of really cemented themselves uh, away from the, the the fart jokes and more in like a like an emo pop punk like mm-hmm. like Godfathers uh, that they they kind of are. Um, but the band shattered after that, and they came back together after that plane crash that Travis Barker. Uh, and DJ AM were in where those those are the two survivors from the plane crash. I don't know if you remember this. This is had to be like 2006, yeah, no, 2007. I um, and after that, they started talking again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made this album called Neighborhoods, which is a fantastic album. They did not do it in a studio together. Uh, it it they were like doing each's individual parts and sending it to each other, which yeah. has its pros and cons to it, but also kind For of sure. says like, well, why can't you be in a studio together? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like COVID is an excuse. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or I think it was two thousand ten. Actually, at that point, like, mm, nah, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> But so Blink-182, after Neighborhoods, as we knew it forever, uh, officially split again. Mm -hmm. And you had uh, two albums with Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio, who is, you know, if you were playing fantasy rock band or fantasy pop punk emo band, I guess let's say. (laughs) Fantasy pop punk emo, Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Like, if we were doing that, that's probably my team. Like, maybe you throw somebody from Saves the Day or Newfound Glory in the mix, too, or maybe throw Dashboard Confessional in the background, but like, for the most part, like, if you blend those two bands together, it was a dream for me, and so I saw that lineup three times. Oh, Um, nice. I love both albums that they've now done with Matt Skiba as Blink-182. Um, but 
Mark Hoppus is now a hopefully looks like cancer survivor. Yeah, looks um, like it. has has been battling it for a while. He's been doing it live on Twitch uh, a bunch. He's playing video games and battling cancer on Twitch. Um, nice. And uh, and so there's been a bunch of posts where we know that he and Tom are talking again. Um, and it seems like they're hinting that some iteration of Blink-182 mm-hmm. will return. I genuinely think also, Adam, that... do you Did we talk about... I don't know if we talked about it on here at all. The, like, UFO stuff that happened um, where Obama... I think he went on... It wasn't Colbert. It was one of those late-night shows. And, like, they asked him about some ufo evidence that had been released and he's like yeah we don't we don't know what those things are there's videos of things in the sky and we don't know what they are and like everyone was like whoa did he just did he just confirm what we think he just confirmed you know like yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he didn't really confirm anything but that's true yeah and and tom DeLong, who that's what he's been saying all along he's like he started this organization oh, and like yeah. made that He's his life's deep mission. Into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. He he created to the stars and like made that his mission to like work with the government and all these organizations to like expose this and bring it out. Um and so you had this moment like two or three years ago where it was all over the internet that like we're talking about this now and maybe it's a real thing and oh my God. And then people were kind of looking to Tom DeLong and were being like Man, we were kind of a jerk to that guy. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, right we threw him all under along. the bus as a crazy person, and like right. this is kind of what he's been saying. So I think that there's like he's not fighting his war as much anymore. You know, there's a reconciliation over the the health of, of his friend from ages right. ago, um, and and so my dream is that it's a four piece band now, and we still have oh, Matt wow. in the mix, but like. It's it's all four guys and they go out on the road and they do something together. That that would be really freaking cool. But that would be uh, cool. We'll we'll see. So you're gonna see me lose my mind if we get some information <laughs> on Blink One A Two this year. Yeah. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll keep that yeah. keep an in eye on it. my hopes watch and prayers skies. for you. Yeah, for watch, sh- the skies. watch the skies yeah. for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um the only other thing that we know for sure is coming out that I wanted to mention real quick is Tears for Fears. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard the new single. Um, Not yet, no. But it, it smartly, it harkens back to that. It's got that same like 6-8 triplet rhythm from Everybody yeah. Wants to Rule the World. Um, it doesn't necessarily sound like it, but it's just kind of like an echo of what they were doing. And I think it's really good. So I'm actually yeah. looking forward to that album as a fan of theirs. Um, but other than the super drag thing, I don't have any other like big pie in the sky. It would be nice if we got some new black Pumas material. Yeah. Uh, I know they're I like still yeah. touring and they're still rightfully so kind of riding on that, the success of that first album and um, I was even like joking with the owner of my local uh, record sh- shop uh, earlier this week about how many different times that album has been released in a different package or different pressing. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's great. I'm not knocking them whatsoever. It's a fantastic album, but it's been quite a while and mm-hmm. 
I'm ready for some new Black Pumas material. <laughs> yeah, I think so. a lot of people are. I That is a band that, you know, again, like you said, they're riding the success uh, and rightfully so. But like, you know, you want to kind of nudge that along with some new stuff and, and yeah. keep the momentum going. Um, so I, I think I think we will. I, I, I feel very strongly that we'll we'll hear something this year. That's that's an active band who knows that they they need to capitalize on it. For sure. Anything else um, that you're like really no. looking forward to? I think we hit. No, I don't most think so. Yeah, it looks like this year could be really cool. Again, I think yeah. a lot of artists have spent last year working on stuff, um, and I just I hope that everything gets the oxygen it deserves this year because it it could be it could be overload. It it has the potential yeah. to be that's for sure, especially if. Um, after this Omicron wave, we start to see, you know, much more widespread immunity and Mm -hmm. things starting to go back to some semblance of normalcy. We'll probably just get a tidal wave. Um, and it's going to, it, it could very well be overkill, but I think so too. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> right now. It's, 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 no, it's no, been, no. we can pick and been, choose then. And we just need to, yeah. we need to make sure that we're not missing stuff. Yeah. That's gonna That's gonna That's the tough part is going back and seeing what you missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I enjoyed this. Uh, it's, yeah. it's actually hyped me up uh, a little bit, given me um, some more perspective on what's on the horizon or what could be on the horizon. Um, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And 2022 has got to be a good year. I don't care if I'm, you know, <laughs> quote unquote jinxing it or whatever like let's just make it a good year regardless of what's happening in the world because we know that terrible stuff is always going to be going on um and just make make the best of it be good to people do what you can to put some goodness out there that's all that's all we can do yeah and apparently get ready to listen to a whole bunch of weezer who knows oh god they're doing it's why is that a thing (laughs) It's they're doing like a Pokemon Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons thing where it's like (laughs) there's going to be different versions of the same album and the super fans will buy both of them and double dip just because that's what they do. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, hopefully not. But yeah, that's right. That's we'll see. We'll see. But thank you for listening to Retro Groove. We're part of the Retrologic Network. Come check out the website, retrologic.games, for social links, merchandise, community, and more. We're also on Instagram, and we have a brand new, spanking new, as of this morning, Twitter account uh, at retrogroove underscore pod. Come follow us. Give us a tweet. Let us know what you're listening to, what you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, anything you want. It's, it's it's all fair game as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Any parting words, Sweet. Liam? No, I think we're good. Get ready we're for good. it, guys. It's gonna be get good. Get ready. Year. Get ready. Yeah.